Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, The Evil Dead. In the year 1981, the dead were evil. I know. You think the dead could be a little bit more polite, you know? You just you come out with the evil dead. There's there's just there's not much uh, headroom there, you know, for uh, getting along. I'm 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 personally quite a big fan of the good alive, but you just never see any movies about them. Be pretty boring, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thinking about it, you're not wrong. I would I in day to day life, yeah, I want to see the good alive. I both think <laughs> I'd go and see a film called The Good Alive. <laughs> no, yeah. the the polar opposite of the evil dead is Full House. <laughs> right yeah i don't particularly enjoy full house no i know i'd much rather watch the evil dead than full house <laughs> although weirdly my sister got super into full house like five years ago if she was like 12 what if they sort of combined them both somehow into one narrative i would watch that yeah especially that would be awesome especially if you didn't know it was coming in an episode of full house just as out of nowhere, Ash boots the door yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> then Bob Saget gets one of his dirty comedy spots for no reason. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, Ash, Ash boots the door down and he goes, "Yeah, this house is full of right, full of assholes." <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to even try and do an American accent or a Bruce Campbell voice because I don't have the right. So yeah, just don't expect that from me. No, if I slip into an accent, it's usually going to be Southern Madman, and I can start ranting like that. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> of course, this movie uh, being filmed deep in the South as well. But uh, yes, the movie's Evil Dead. This is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to our sci-fi sanctuary, which it's October, so it's it's like a horror sanctuary. But yeah, once upon a time, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy was all just one shelf in the video shop, so we can go over there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And today we're joined by a horror aficionado, who I first discovered as a member of Arsolvania, but is one of the top Nintendo journalists in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the list. I'm one of the top 50. No one could take that away from me. I don't know who combined. Oh, I should probably tell people what my name is. Hi, my name's Stuart Jip. It's nice to meet you all. No I didn't say your name because I wasn't sure if it was Jip or Gip. Everyone think everyone says Gip, and like I don't blame them because that's what it says. That's what the word is. So I can't. I don't really get mad about it. Yeah, I mean I've heard it out loud, you know, thirty mm. times, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've had friends for like ten years who still get it wrong somehow. They're not, they're not very good observant friends, unfortunately. But I had friends who called me Luke Summerfield for ten years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at my last name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, it's like the argument if it's a a, a GIF or a GIF, which I, I think it falls on GIF because the guy that made them said that's how you say it. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, see, I I I thought it had finalized on GIF because it's graphic mm. interface. So that does yeah. make sense. I mean, that's weird because I was thinking about this the other day because I have a very boring life. Um, it just popped up the mail. I was like, when this first was announced that it was supposed to be GIF, I was like, nah, there's no way I'm having that ever. Um, but then the other day, I, I was just in a vacant, vacant, vacant sort of moment. I had like a Zen moment. I just kind of went, you know what? GIF's okay. I'm fine with it. <laughs> if that has to be how it is, then that's just how it is, you know? Well, it's got that harsh nasal sound that you like to try and avoid. Yeah. <laughs> um, GIF. I don't know how often I say it out loud. Anyway, <laughs> the the nasal sounds of of the evil dead going through a forest. Sorry, I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm trying to segue. segue. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying not to make it too labored, especially by talking about <laughs> it after making a segue. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as the first one, maybe I've seen it. I don't know. I have no clue how many times I've seen this movie. I don't know if it's a lot of times or a few times. Because um, especially having not si- seen any of these in a while, you know, I think any- people can be forgiven for mixing up one and two. Two, I've definitely They're very, seen- very similar. Yeah, two, I've definitely seen like an insane number of times. This one, I think I've seen a lot. It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's been a um, while in any case. So, yeah, I think I'm a bit of an outlier because I like this one better than Evil Dead 2, though I'm not. Attacking Evil Dead 2, obviously. I just prefer the sincerity, the goofiness that's sincere rather than going out and setting out and going, let's be goofy, let's be a comedy. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just my personal like uh, preferences for the insane sort of super low budget original uh, and the carnage therein. I love it. It's great. I assume I'd seen this film before. Because I remember Army of Darkness coming out and being super into that. And at the time, I remember when I when that came out, I had seen the other two. But I have no memory of this film before watching it a couple of nights ago for this podcast. Yeah, most of my viewings would have been around age 13. And at that time, yeah, <laughs> two's going to end up in the uh, in in the VHS player a lot more than this one. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, th- this one definitely has... Well, it's more of a horror, like like you said. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the scrappiness of it's kind of cool, you know. The, the real sort of super goofiness of it is more circumstantial. It's all stuff like Ash getting a really flimsy looking set of shelves knocked onto him that he then has to act like is really heavy and he can't get out from under. <laughs> and it's just little things like that that tickle me rather than the sort of. Uh, uh, the the, uh, the the stag head on the wall screaming at him, <laughs> which is funny as well. But you get it. There's they're, they're two. They're very different. There's like one of them is a farcical remake of this, basically, and this is just a stupid by circumstances, but also uh, genuinely atmospheric. I think I really liked it. Now, what it's not for, I guess, is people just like they're full down with the uh, you know Bruce Campbell sort of Ash versus the Evil Dead vibe because. Uh, yeah, he's not really. I mean, he is Ash, but he doesn't really fully Ash out until the fat last few minutes. So, <laughs> which is good that you know you have actual characters. It's it's a movie where if you don't already know Bruce Campbell, it, it's not clear who's going to be you know surviving or not surviving this movie. 
Uh, my take is anyone that was singing dies in that opening scene in the car. <laughs> it's like in other movies, you know, doing it gets you killed. In this movie, singing terrible music gets you killed. <laughs> well, I felt like Ash was playing the like the virgin who gets to live that would normally be the screen queen in any other film because he's just like the the friendly, nice one of the group. But yeah, it was a nice twist that he was a bloke. Yeah. And it, <laughs> It's such a, um, you know, I, this made a horror template, right? I don't really think they had so much of the, uh, you know, cabin in the woods sort of things, which is now the title of movies. So this is sort of the, the ground floor for that. And I guess kind of the ground floor for just weird 80s horror. Um, before this, the, the 70s version seems a little scrappier, I guess, whereas the 80s gets a little more surreal, which we get with our... Uh, you know, Sam Raimi, bizarro angles and things, which are totally in full effect in this movie and used kind of to better effect than in the second one. This is just running through the through the dark forest with your camera. And I guess people hadn't really done that so much up to this point. <laughs> I also about in terms of atmosphere, I love just the insane amount of mist in every single shot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I that's just, cool. I mean, I think uh, I don't know if this is going back to it for this. I hadn't watched it for a little while, and going back to it, I was quite surprised by just how many Sam Raimi like uh, you know tropes are in there, just right from almost from the off. It wasn't his first film, I don't think, but it's so stylized already. He he clearly knows what he's doing, and there's a lot of really impressive like effects and sort of camera moves in there. Uh, the the main thing I took away rewatching it, other than I still love it, is every single time I've watched this movie, and I always forget it happens. And you know, I won't dwell on it because it's extremely unpleasant. But every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, the bit with the tree. That's why I never recommend this film to anyone. <laughs> I've forgotten all <laughs> about that. Because <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just like, oh yeah, this is a great kind of guns insane over the top horror film. There's this one bit with a tree that's really unsavory and probably shouldn't have been put in the film. But uh, other than that, you know, it's a riot. Just you know, ignore the tree bit. Every time you see a tree, look away. <laughs> that's a real misfire. But I'm sure that he's that Sam has expressed similar sentiments. But you know, you can't deny that it was creative. It was very creative. It, it really was. Yeah. Um, it was creatively hor horrible. Although it's, again, it feels a little bit weird saying that considering the amount of absolutely nightmarish, like violence and gore that is actually in this film, uh, which I had again, sort of forgotten about. I remember the, 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 the ending when it all goes, starts to go all uh, stop motion and crazy, which I love to death. But then before that, when, um, God, it's, I can't even remember the name, Steve, is it Steve, the other guy in the cabin? Scott, I think. Scott, sorry, God. When he chops up, when he gets handy with the axe and he's just swinging it down on the ground and then you just get the, the syrup thrown into the air. It's so, <laughs> so good. It's almost like, it, it reminds me of um, that bit in uh, Dario Argento's film Tenebrae when it, someone gets their arm chopped off and they just spew blood all over the wall and like little freeze it's um it's really vivid it's really vivid then you get a night then you get a shot of dismembered corpse that you they just didn't really need to put in at all it's just uh well we made this so little we're gonna show it with quivering butts. like yeah it's just beautiful it's it's beautiful in a way it's wonderful <laughs> looking at it, it it was more or less his first film he'd done a bunch of shorts 
and yeah. one full length movie which looks super low budget called It's Murder. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was based. It, it, Evil Dead was he did a he did a super eight called it within the woods. I think everyone this this comes up a lot whenever this film's talked about. But it's, I mean, Evil Dead is sort of a remake, a massively overdone remake of Within the Woods. I think that Bruce Campbell was the antagonist in the short, and it was really hard to find until relatively recently when someone just uploaded it to a torrent site. I think so. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever put it out on DVD or anything, but it's worth watching if you like the Evil Dead. Within the woods. I remember this one. I mean, uh, the Evil Dead itself being a lot, you know, back when some movies were more difficult to find. This one was notably more difficult to find than, say, the second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I guess it was a sort of thing where like chain stores wouldn't carry it, maybe because of the tree stuff and the uh, insane gore. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was. It was officially on the video nasty list in the UK. It was banned for at least a time. And when you go back and look at it compared to the rest of the films on that list, you wonder what on earth was going on. Like, what were they thinking with this one compared to, like, uh, the, the Nazi stuff? <laughs> like, it's it's so worlds <laughs> apart from that list. I mean, the fact alone that England had this video nasties list was absurd in the first place. But to put a film that's comic book over the top and so clearly fake looking and in no way convincing as Evil Dead. And that's not me attacking it, obviously. It's meant to be vivid. It's meant to be like EC Comics looking sharp, like color saturation and stuff like that. And then you compare it to something like freaking the Gestapo's last orgy and you're just like, this doesn't, this is not the same genre. This does not fall into the same <laughs> pattern as anything that should ever have been banned. It's crazy that people thought that. <laughs> Just before we move on, uh, the whole of Within the Woods is on YouTube. Oh, well, there we go. Even easier. Yeah. Let's get it on there. I might check that out. Yeah, that's yeah, worth good look. Un- unsurprising at this point, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just easy to remember a time when that was something that would be hard to come by, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll get it watched now before this podcast goes up and we get it taken down. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley is off to the woods with his friend, their girlfriends, and his sister. It's way deep in the countries in the wilderness, and it's a bit of a fixer-upper, but they begin to have a good time exploring, finding a creepy basement, finding a tape player which plays strange incantations from the previous inhabitants, and this manages to awaken strange and evil spirits in the forest the spirits begin to um, possess ash's family and friends and they begin to be off in the most horrible murderous gory ways with one girlfriend in the basement rattling along um Ash and his sister try to escape only to find that the spirits have mangled the one bridge that would let them get back to civilization. 
Ash ends up alone fighting the evil dead, blood splattering on the walls, in his face, finally destroying the book with the incantations, makes everything turn into stop-motion goo, and the now-traumatized Ash comes out to a new morning, followed by the evil dead. Okay, winging it, winging it today. So, <laughs> so oh, you got you, you got all the detail in there. It, yeah, it's yeah. not a, an intricately plotted film, to be fair. The evil I liked when dead furiously plot from the nether regions of space. That didn't happen, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it was nice. You reminded me of him getting bloodled in his face because they. I, I, I remember. Either in a commentary or something, they were talking about how about nine tenths of the shoot was just antagonizing Bruce by making him do worse and worse things <laughs> and like throwing gallons of blood into his face and just it never coming out. Basically, uh, it's still there, old, yeah, it's still there to this day. It's still rinsing it out of his hair. Um, apparently, this was a bit of a nightmare shoot, so which makes sense when you take your friends out to the middle of nowhere with you know buckets of bl- fake blood, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound like a good time now, you know? I, uh, it sounds like a stuff. good time for Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, what, what did the rest of the cast do? I, were they just on for a couple days? And I, this was a this was a over years filming, wasn't it? Um, I, um, were, I don't know about over years, but it's definitely filmed in like pretty sporadically. Yeah. So any continuity yeah. or consistency? Yeah, sporadically over solid. several years, it says. Yeah. Okay. Piece together, piecemeal. See, there is a really good book called The Evil Dead Companion that's really goes into detail on the whole production. And you'd think I would have reread it before doing this podcast, but I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. I was reading something completely unrelated yesterday, so that's <laughs> no, all good. Yeah, I've I've just got the IMDb open now, so I can check these things. But yeah, it says. Characters' hairstyles, as well as the amount of blood on them, change drastically from shot to shot, a result of shooting the film sporadically over several years. Or a result of the evil spirits possessing them and changing their hairstyles. Ah. Right, right. A wizard did it. Yeah, well, that's basically what this movie is, right? It's just a really Mm. nasty, it's a violent, nasty wizard. Um. This is the ground floor for Bruce Campbell, who, I mean, I guess he's the only person here that, you know, became someone we all know, so. I yeah, mean, he did, other than Sam Raimi. What did he do beyond Sam Raimi films, though, to be fair? Um, he did walk at Texas. No, that was um, Dallas, British, British County Junior, wasn't it? He was in that. He was in Xena Warrior Princess, I think. Bubba Hotep. Yeah. That was, was Baba Hotep. That was Dumb Mancini, the Chucky guy. I want to say it was him. I'm probably completely wrong. 
Yeah, it was a, another notable horror guy. But uh, let, let's face yeah. it, even if you're no, just Raimi's guy, it, you're going to be in a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was the Phantasm guy. I've just come on here and I'm just lying to you all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's, you know, it's 6.20 in the morning, so I, I can be lied to. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, he played Ronald Reagan in one of the, the Fargo TV series. So I need to get back to that show. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about that. I watched the first season. It's great. I've just never gone back for the others. Yeah, I didn't see the show they did a few years ago. I assume it was okay. The Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it for what it was. The problem is, and this is, I'm going to be fully snobbish now. I'm going to go full Arsalvania mode now. Um, I don't really like TV that much. I find it really hard to invest in because if it's if it's like new running and it's going to get cancelled, you're not going to be satisfied by it. Like it's if it's narrative, I'm not going to get an ending, and I don't care to invest it unless I know I'm getting an ending. Um, and Ash versus Evil Dead, I think it ran three seasons, and it didn't really have much of an ending. So, uh, and between every pretty much every season, it was one of those situations where it's kind of like, is this coming back? Do we is, is it ever coming back? Do we even know? And then, uh, I mean, it, it sort of lived up to the splatter of the second and third movies. Um, and I dug it, but it, it didn't really entirely sort of satisfy me. Too much CGI and uh, bad CGI as well, like TV CGI. They really relied on it a lot. So it wasn't really for me in the end. But, you know, there's always that video game where you have the little fellow that you kick around. Uh, Evil every generation. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I feel I actually very rarely watch new TV. I just watch old episodes of Star Trek. I was sensible. I'm watching TNG for the first time, like literally right now. Well, not literally right now, but like around this. That's happening. Oh, yeah. I recently finished rewatching it for the first time since it was on TV when I was a kid. Oh, nice. No spoilers, please. Yeah. And I'm, I'm bad. You know, always drowning in my trek. So <laughs> when I finish TNG, come back and do a TNG episode. <laughs> Another TNG episode, presuming you've already done at least one. We've, we've done all the movies and we did one ah. of the TV episodes with the guy who wrote it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that was, that was cool. So, yeah, we're pretty ardent Trekkies on mm. this end. Uh, the Evil Dead being a much more nihilistic view of life than, than the Trekkies. If Trekkie you want to just, if you want to just pick a random episode like the one with the race at planet or the one where she fucks a ghost and come on and do an episode <laughs> where that's your more than welcome. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the ghost fucking episode. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> it's near the end of the round. The season seven of TNG, they just um I guess they they ran that, out of a ideas reason it's it the last past. season. <laughs> Everyone's sitting around like a massive conference table with loads and loads of fags and just smoking them and just like <laughs> someone fucks a ghost. <laughs> I don't fucking know. That's how um there's the show Lower Decks now, and the, the guy who did the Mike McMahon, the guy, the showrunner, was famous a few years ago for putting out his uh joke tweets about the eighth season of um TNG. Oh, which... yes, I remember those. And he, he's the showrunner. That's that's um, maybe that maybe I will watch that after all. Yeah, they're they're all like you know, they're all like Seinfeld plots, basically. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has told you this, but power through the first two or three episodes and it gets okay. Yeah, well, that's yes. Oh, the the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I watched I watched the first. Sorry, this is not the Evil Dead. I apologize. I watched the first bit of the first episode, and I have to be honest, I was like, Nah, this is just screaming. I was the same, but enough people have told me that it gets better that I, I gave it a go. Yeah, yeah I, get I, I get told that a lot, so I'll give it a look at some point. And I still hate the animation. Like, why did they give it Family Guy animation? 
<laughs> Nothing else would get funded, I guess. Yep. And cut a few corners. I, I guess that's how we segue back to the Evil Dead. Where, <laughs> yeah. it, it, well, I'm just like it. I, I mean, what are we gonna? I, we're finished with actors already. There's Bruce Campbell, right? And yeah, and and there's this some other the problem, people. The problem with having, sorry, the problem with me having chosen the Evil Dead is genuinely it is a film that is quite. It is what it is. <laughs> it's 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 just kind of a <laughs> bunch of gore and stuff exploding out of fingers and milk spewing out of people's mouths and stuff. And there's not a lot of plot, so it's difficult to dig into. I think. Well, in terms of the other actor, obviously, yeah, Bruce Campbell is a cut above. I think the three girls were pretty good at going from just you know normal girls to creepy witches, especially the one who was Ash's girlfriend. She was great when she turned into a witch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other guy, he was the classic Hollywood thing of apparently he's Ash's best friend, but he's just a douche. <laughs> like, why did any of these people like him? <laughs> he's pretty handy with the axe, at least. Yep. If you need someone chopped up, then you go to you go to Scott, you know, nothing else, mind. Are they friends because like he's previously needed someone chopped up? Yeah, I think that's what it had to be. Ash just got on, on the phone and was like, Scott, we're going out to the woods, mate. Uh, might need to chop some people up. You in? Good with he's, axe, right? he's got his axe on his lap right there and then he's like, Ash, I'm, I'm already holding the axe, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. He's got his axe in one hand and in the other hand. <laughs> his sword. I don't, I don't have siblings, but it does seem like a weird trip to bring your sister on yeah. we're having a double date in the forest how did i, I saw mean... I, I saw a movie where someone took their sister to a cabin in the woods but it it was different it ended differently. <laughs> <laughs> the different movie man yeah i mean there was about as much plot <laughs> are we supposed to assume that they're like obviously younger than the actors actually are sort of high school age. So maybe they're not actually doing anything with those girlfriends mm. yet. I thought they were meant to be make teenagers. Sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily not make sense to take your sister because all you're going to do is sit up late and tell ghost stories and what have you. I don't know. I, I read it as like folks like maybe a year or two out of university. Oh yeah, because, because the actors are in like their 30s, presumably. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I've never read them as teenagers. I mean, you know, maybe because I started watching this as a teenager, I'm like, well, what, Ash is older than me, right? Especially, yeah. you know, you see Evil Dead 2, where you had a few years on the Bruce Campbell anyway by that point. <laughs> but yeah, Raimi does have form for casting 30-year-olds as high schoolers. So. Apparently, I looked it up, apparently they're all 20-something, so yeah, that does okay. actually make sense. That, that surprises me, because I honestly thought they were meant to be reading as, as teenagers, but I've always been wrong about the Evil Dead, again. Well, in that case, then they, he definitely did just take his sister to the fuck cabin. Yeah, that makes it worse. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm getting at. Well, I, I, think, I, the... I guess it was just like, they were all planned to go, and his mum's like, you're taking your sister. Yeah, they're all at the they're all at the fire cabin and, and Ash is like thinking about making a sort of really weird move and then the dead eyes turn up and it's just like his sister's like, oh thank God. Thank you, God. <laughs> I I had to um check out this specific filming location because yeah, when I was in university, we'd sometimes bumble out to um 
this these weird dirt roads I actually start in georgia but you'd end up in tennessee and i was like was i was i tripping in the land of the evil dead and it wasn't quite the same place but definitely the same vibe right <laughs> well speaking of ash's sister the first hint we get that something's going on is when she's like drawing pictures and she's possessed to draw the book of the dead but the picture she draws really looks like spongebob <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is also the beginning of the SpongeBob universe. Yeah, they needed, it's, it's they needed some, canon, yeah. They needed something to clean up all that gore in the end, right? You get a sponge or two. <laughs> yeah, I think that is pretty much it on actors. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about the Necronomicon being SpongeBob now. It's just <laughs> too it's just too good. There's gotta be a meme for that somewhere. Almost certainly. Ash holding a Holding a SpongeBob, yeah. I remember the first time I spot I at first time I came across SpongeBob was like a plush toy. It was like in a blockbuster video, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" It was amazing. I think I bought it actually because it was so whack. I didn't know it was a cartoon yet. <laughs> well, I was exactly the wrong age. So when SpongeBob came out, I was like, "Oh no, that's for little kids. I'm not watching that shit." And then thirty years later, like. I was watching SpongeBob episodes back in the summer to make cartoon lessons for the kids at work. And I was like, oh my God, this is funny as hell. Oh my God. <laughs> we we did a podcast not that long ago about cartoons for the Kenneth Stu show, which is one of my 10 million podcasts. And uh, we stuck SpongeBob on just to see an episode of it. Cause you can't, you can't do a cartoon podcast and not talk about SpongeBob. It's like iconic. Yeah. And we were, me and Ken were pissing ourselves at it. Like genuinely, totally unironically, Creasing at how funny it was. It was the Band Geeks episode where they fucking put a band together and go and play it like the version of the Super Bowl for Bikini Bottom. It's phenomenally funny. It's like top tier, like Warner Brothers vintage funny mm. level. I love it. I mean, it doesn't look anywhere near as good as that, but it's hilarious. I think all the funniest things I've ever been have been dumb children's cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, actually, that Looney Tunes vibe is a notable Raimi thing, though. As it the... is another another fucking great segue there, man. Seriously, yeah. you're absolutely killing it. I don't know how you're so awake, Matt. What? I'm not awake. <laughs> <That's> impressive. <laughs> I told you I love these six a.m. ones because I listen to them later. I'm like, I don't remember even being there. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Like I just listened to 12 Monkeys. I'm like, I don't remember anything about this conversation. <laughs> we, yeah. Very often on this podcast, we talk a bunch about the actors and forget to really mention the director. You can't do that with this one. No, like, it's not possible. No, is... he's pretty much the star of the show. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. what. Although I, I should mention, I don't think I know what Sam Raimi actually looks like. So, you know, <laughs> he looks a bit fatter than his brother who shows up in a lot of his films. Oh, okay, so just uh, <laughs> put a little air in them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I, 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 for all I knew, he was a thin, wiry man. So, <laughs> I mean, he might have been at this point in time when he was making Evil Dead, but I think by the time he's making his Spider Man's. Yeah. If you were making Evil Dead, I think he might have started out chubby, and by the end of it, he was like emaciated and yeah, like, right. <laughs> just his body ruined. But it's like that, um, people always say about David Mitchell, like the first couple of seasons of Peep Show, he's not that fat because he couldn't afford to be yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get another. He, I, I actually used our 
explanation for a podcast name and and someone got it yesterday for hey. Peep Show. So I got another another take that you should go watch that. So <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the uh like you already mentioned the the camera angles, but there's just uh the sense of you and he loves a point of view shot. Mm. Like, well, there's that fantastic shot from inside the grave when he's burying his girlfriend. Yeah, and the last by by I remember reading about this. The by sheer coincidence, the last but the penultimate drop of dirt just left his face in frame. I think it was, mm. and then he drops one more and completely covers the camera. It's perfect how they did it. Yeah, 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 really. Probably because they made him do it six hundred times and <laughs> beat him with a wet sack between each take. A big sack of rocks. They just battered mm. the shit out of him. <laughs> But, you know, that's the sort of shit that Breaking Bad got called groundbreaking for doing 40 years later. So mm. I play to him on that one. I like um, the actual, the evil dead, whatever it is, the spirits, the, the all you ever see is what they see. You don't see any kind of ghost or spirit or force in this film. So like the final scene where it, you know, the classic horror movie, you think it's over. Oh, it's back. It's just the camera chasing Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the. But whole he makes it work, right? True. I, th- right. They, they, I think they mounted like a two by four on the front of a motorbike and then stuck the camera to it and just drove at him. <laughs> <laughs> and hit him just to teach him. A yeah, lesson. just hit him. The fuckers, fuck Bruce Campbell. You know what? You, unless you do this, Bruce, you won't get to you won't get to be in another movie with my crappy old car. You piece of shit. You think you're some kind of famous actor? Yeah. <laughs> well, keeps him humble. Yeah. Right. You want to play? You want to? You want to play a fucking maitre d in a snobby restaurant in Spider-Man Three? You're gonna fucking do this? You ask. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what he did in Spider-Man Three. I don't remember anything about Spider-Man Three. I remember not enjoying it. And then you're not correct. Seeing he was. Ever again. He was the restaurant guy in Three. Oh, I was right. Good. Yeah. My memory is incredible. You remember Emo Parker, yeah? Everyone remembers Emo Parker. Oh shit, yeah, that was the best. That was so good. That was the, I was engaged as hell when that was happening. It was just like this is goofy. I love it. See, I I I kind of love Spider Man Three in like an Evil Dead way, and it's just ridiculous yeah. and shit. I want to. I do want to revisit it because I picked. I got the Blu-ray with the three Raimi Spider Man movies. Cause I love those first two to death. Insane. And I was thinking, I've got. A, I must just bite the bullet and rewatch three, and maybe I'll actually enjoy it. And then well, I'll rewatch Drag Me to Hell and see if that was great or not. We haven't done our Spider-Man 3 episode yet, so... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You... Well, we got to Spider-Man 2 and realized that we basically ran out of things to say about superhero films. In general. Well, have have so... we been done the superhero films since then? <laughs> I don't think we have. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that there are too many of them and they should simply stop making them permanently, thanks. I will watch. I will happily watch a new Spider-Man every three years. But other than that, <laughs> well, of of the various men, you know, prefix man, he is the best one. You can't, oh, yeah, you can't nobody, nobody can really argue that. I mean, Batman's okay, but Spider-Man. I mean, he's a spider. He's the next level. Yeah, I think we are what two Marvel films in now, where I've just been like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen Black Widow, and probably just won't. Yeah, yeah and then there's I, the I, um Shang something. That's Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah, I yeah, watched okay. that. It was it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really a, I'm a real downer on the whole MCU thing. I don't want to get into it. I'm just a bit fed, I'm really fed up with it. 
<laughs> like no dis- the actual films individually they're not terrible they're not bad necessarily but I'm really sick of the whole fucking thing now no, I'm just end. like yeah they didn't they, they ended it's called end game yeah, that's the end yeah. that's we we all get to give up at that point except for Spider-Man yeah everyone films. can stop <laughs> <laughs> so these other ones they just keep going for some reason <laughs> what they made like 10 billion dollars a movie don't they yeah, yeah, the juggernaut can't be stopped. <laughs> well, anyone in Red X Men knows that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that um, you know those movies have actually entered the um, comic space because the comics it's like Amazing Spider Man issue nine hundred and forty seven. You know, and uh, the movies are getting there now. There's like too much water under the bridge for that too. Yeah, well, now they're starting to bring in like multiverses and shit. It's going to get just as confusing as the comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully it creates a new kind of whack in about five years. <laughs> well, Sam Raimi's coming back next year. Yeah, he's doing Doctor Strange. So, I think I'll give that one a go. I mean, they'll rinse, they'll wring any sense of directorial voice out of it, like they do everyone else's films. Um, the takeaway they might they'll be like, all right, Sam, you can put your shitty car in the background in one of the scenes, and that's it. You're not allowed to do any Sam Raimi stuff. The contract says you can tilt the camera by up to 17 degrees, but no further. And it'll was, be tilted post. Yeah, yeah. There, there'll be a man in a white lab coat and horn rim glasses checking this at all moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do remember his, was it his Oz movie, which was not, I didn't like. I always I, forget he made that. I did not watch that, and I would like to watch it, but I will not. <laughs> I don't know if I watched it or not. Now I, I might be mixing up with the with the Jack the Giant Killer. Oh, I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but I've got a vendetta against that film. Yeah, I know you have some rage hate for that one. So um, um, it was filmed in my hometown, and my buddy was an extra, but his scenes were all cut, so I refused to watch it. I did randomly find because um, I was filling in some. Uh, yeah, here's here's the Japanese edition of that, which I think I got for one dollar. <laughs> so we can we can get to Jack the Giant Killer and you can scream about it for like an hour. Maybe I was... I'd forgot I'd forgotten that even existed. Uh, you know the Raimi film that everyone forgot existed that they do need to remember. Uh for me that would be Dark Man, which is a fantastic oh, film. Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> That's the Neeson one, right? Yeah. Th- this podcast is now about Dark Man. Have you got anything else to say about the death? <laughs> I was going to talk about the headlights. I, I definitely did not um, remember how the lighting in this movie is completely <laughs> insane. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, everyone put your cars over there. Those are our lights for the night. Well, um, me and my friends used to park, park all our cars next to a field, turn the lights on and then play soccer in the middle of the night. I thought you going to have a rave. Okay. No, although also I should, um, someone should come in and shoot me right now because I just told an anecdote about living in the UK and we used the word soccer. <laughs> so I've been I teaching American that. English too long. I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, oh, that's, that's really like decent of you to be that inclusive. <laughs> no, but... it's just because I've been living here too long. But um, the <laughs> we actually did get the police show up once in like full riot van and stuff. 
because oh, someone had, someone had called them and I guess assumed we were having some sort of illegal rave. And they get here and realize that we're just having a kickabout. And they're just like, come on, lads, it's 2 a.m. Pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> but they were clearly all spoiling for a rumble and realized they weren't going to get one. <laughs> well, it's 2 a.m. It's not a, crime to, not a crime to play some five-a-side at 2 a.m. pigs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to arrest me for? Having a great time? Let's fight. Having <laughs> skills. Let's settle this on this on 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 the pitch, lads. <laughs> and that's how you got into a football match with the cops. And that's how one of them broke my kneecaps during a tackle with their baton. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much a tackle as just directly assaulting you with it. <laughs> that that would be trippy. Yeah, having a, a bout against a bunch of guys in riot gear. That that'd be intimidating. That's probably- <laughs> it would. But if the game was played in a sportsman-like way, that riot gear would merely hinder them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not if they're going for brute driving. violence. Nah, if they're going That's for true. brute violence, though, you know. Now, if you're playing American football, then now you're onto something. <laughs> They'd probably yeah. win. They should put them on the right gear. That's what that's what they should do. That military equipment that the police in America got. Just give it to the NFL and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but the UK, well, we play rugby with no armor. We just take the injuries. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I love telling Japanese kids that I used to play rugby in like elementary school. And they're like, wasn't it dangerous? Didn't you get hurt? Yeah, that's the fun. No, see, we didn't even have that much of a construction. It was just like, um, you know, just like everyone go get that guy. And and I'm not going (laughs) to say the name of the game (laughs) because it's offensive. (laughs) But yeah. It, it was smear and a word that rhymes with smear. So you can work that out on your own. Oh, dear. <laughs> that, that was it. Oh, dear. That's, that's <laughs> roll. Yes. That's how a roll in the South. There comes the Southern madman. Okay. I, I think I've said it before. Growing up in, in the Southeast, I actually did think that um, houses and horses and wrestling and wrestling were like separate things. You know, wrestling was like what you do with your. Hulk Hogan's or whatever, whereas wrestling was two guys not wearing shirts in a dirt pit. <laughs> I never well, worked of, out what a hoss was. Speaking of wrestling, in terms of actually like fighting the the deadites in this one, Ash doesn't do much until the end. It's mostly Scott who's getting in the kills. I mean, there's his paralyzed with fear. He's just standing there with the axe until Scott takes it off of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, uh, Ash doesn't become Ash until he loses his mind, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was so surprising is because I guess I'd watched a lot more of two and especially three when I was a kid. I was waiting for Ash to show up, but it's only like the final shot, really. It's It'll, so... Sorry, it, go on, sorry. This film almost feels like it was made after the others as a prequel. Yeah. It ends, yeah, I can it, see that. It ends as a prequel would end, right? Where, like, here's the character you know, finally. I mean, De- Dead by Dawn, the second one, is essentially a remake. We've, As you said earlier, it, it is very much just, like, kind of like an expanded sort of do-over with more, much more of a directorial, like, it's, mm. it's a lot, like, it is way better made. Like, it's way more confident. It's much funnier um, in terms of actual straight-up humour. It has a more defined visual look uh, to it, um, 
but for me, it's just a bit too, a bit too good. <laughs> if that right. makes sense, like it's a bit too <laughs> clean. Whereas this movie, it just feels like a bunch of guys just doing whatever they think would look cool, which is pretty much what it is. Yeah, which is why you end up with the ending scene, which is just about five minutes of shit bubbling out of other shit. <laughs> that bit was great and it looked amazing and it's so weird but it just went on and on and on every time I thought it was over something else started happening and we're just to assume that Ash is going to be wearing this uh, denim shirt and corduroys for the next 30 years (laughs) (laughs) he can't get them off they they glued to him by blood and if he pulls them off his skin comes off with them yeah not if you get it off real quick, you know, like a band-aid. <laughs> yeah, martyr yourself. Just hellraiser yourself. Try and take the show off. Because he does look like Ash from the start. You know, he just doesn't act like Ash for a while. Well, I mean, even his face is a bit too young, but he yeah. can't help that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta well, get before... Yeah, Sam Raimi whipping him with the cat and nine tails. Just go get old, you young-looking fuck. Well, then they change age, age faster. From scene to scene. I'm trying, Sam. I'm trying to age faster. Stop whipping me. This will age you faster, I swear. <laughs> Sam, it hurts. Here's a pack of 30. Smoke that. You do another one tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, before we were going to do this podcast, I thought about watching all three again because I haven't seen any of them in years. But Matt said, like, oh, no, just. Try just watching the first, just to have a different perspective on it. Mm. I don't really remember two and three at all, but other than that, I knew I, I know I liked them when I was a kid. Three but is just batch, three is batshit insane. Three is like a sequel to this, it's a sequel to Dead by Dawn in like almost no way. It just happens to have Ash in it. It's great, right. but yeah, it yeah, is yeah. not anything like an Evil Dead movie. I remember us being mildly disappointed. I mean, I, everyone loves Army of Darkness now, but I do remember. Just a mild disappointment when it came out. I guess. I guess because yet, yeah, like you said, it's not really a sequel to the second one. It's its own thing. Yeah, it feels more like a sort of Harryhausen thing where he's just having fun, stop motioning as many skeletons as he possibly can. <laughs> I mean, that's what all movies should be, as far as I'm concerned. The more skeletons, the better. I do love skeletons, so yeah, I'm on board yeah. with that. When it came out, it was the end of the. Uh, sort of proper slasher era. So I guess the fact that it wasn't a slasher at all, kind of, we were like, Whoa, what's happening here? You know? Mm. Well, here's a question then. Was the Evil Dead ever scary? Uh, I was, I when I was little and I was seeing only clips of it, I found it a little bit scary. The, uh, I didn't see the movie until I was a bit older, but I remember seeing a bit of it on some shitty tv show like the hundred scariest movies on channel four or something okay and it's the sequence where i forget her name gets possessed when she's count going through the cards the deck of cards right that that scared me when i was a kid because it was i mean it's really it's really cheap looking but it's it's just it is kind of effective and atmospheric i think but now everyone now you've seen all those sort of tricks a million times you know Mm. it's not going to scare you Uh, i guess it could revolt you if you don't like corn syrup blood being thrown everywhere <laughs> but it's not really that's frightening um but then again nah it, it just feels like everyone's having too much fun for it to be horror it's yeah I, well when it was originally censored 
um it, it was when it was banned it was put out on vhs with a cut version for quite a while it didn't get uncut till about i'd say early 2000s it was finally put out uncut wow and the cut the cut version is scarier because it cuts out stuff that makes it goofy mm. like there's there's a bit when one of the deadites is just hitting ash over the head with a piece of wood like right. over and over again <clears throat> is and that when he's, getting... he's trying to reach for the book and she's just smacking him yeah he, him getting hit twice is like, him getting hit like 15 times is funny him getting hit twice is like jarring and violent right so that when they make those cuts, it's like when they. This is really specific again, but it's they, they, there was an X Files episode called Home that was really, 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 really nasty. Yeah, for, for an X Files episode, and when they put it on the BBC and they cut it to ribbons, it was way scarier than the uncut one because <laughs> they <laughs> made everything more like implied, suggested. It was a lot more frightening, more psychological, and that's sort yeah. of what they did with Evil Dead. Although you can't really truly make it scary, you can just make the violence more, more have more impact and be less stupid. Like those pictures on the internet with the uh, pointless censoring that you know makes the picture dirtier, like when you just blot yeah. out the microphone or something. Yeah, well, it's, yeah it's I've, like... I've been doing that mentally this whole time with you in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you watch WWE and like the replay on Sky One in the morning, and it cuts away every time they hit someone with a ch- someone with a chair. You don't know what they're being hit with. It's terrifying. Yeah, who, who knows what it could be? <laughs> They used to, they used to, they used to put like pow and zap effects over it on on Channel Four as oh, well. Oh, that like sounds Batman, even better. <laughs> Batman style sound effects. Speaking of WWE, can I just say this? And I mean, I mean, I don't mean any offense by this because this is a compliment on every level. From certain angles, Luke, you look a bit like Stone Cold. Oh, I, I that is very deliberate. Mm. Oh, well, good because <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold's fucking awesome. So, yeah, 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 I just, yeah. Wanted to, just wanted to put that out there. I don't think I brought it to Japan, but I used to walk around in an Austin three sixteen shirt pretty regularly. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> I so glad you get my ass kicked. Um, <laughs> you're asking about the uh, the scary factor, and there there are some annoying jump scares. So watching at midnight yeah. last week, I. I especially um when he goes in the basement i know it's scott who's gonna jump out and it takes forever and i was like yeah i I think i flipped down my headphones it's like i just don't feel like having scott screaming in my ear (laughs) even having never seen the film like or not having any memory of the film i knew exactly how that scene was gonna end yeah yeah yeah, it's very clear (laughs) just like i just didn't feel like being bothered with this sudden jolt you know Um, and uh like with the stop motion scene as well they drag that out for so long. Like, how much basement is there for us to explore? Yeah, yeah. Scott jumps out of him. <laughs> no, I, I put in my notes. I was like, how, you know, how this basement must like take like three times the real estate of the uh, upper floor. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though, in a redneck cabin. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. You, just, you don't turn into a house of horrors as the uh, the kindly old professor did. All the stuff with the professor and everything was very like Lovecraft. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I was into that. Well, I mean, yeah, it basically has got the Necronomicon in it, so that's yeah. How much more Lovecraft can you get? They do just handle that stuff like you know, pretty like free freewheeling. I'm like, I don't, I if I saw a you know a book made of skin in a creepy old basement, I'm not just gonna pick it straight up, probably. You know. Well, that's it. The way to defeat any kind of Lovecraftian horror is just to be an idiot. Because, <laughs> it, you know, it gets you by getting into your psyche and you think these deep thoughts about your place in the universe. But if you don't do that, it can't get you. 
<laughs> like, you know, get this. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot it and chop it, and there you go. Well, that's why Ash survives several movies. This is so stupid. I mean, it's, yeah, you got to be so stupid that you see the Necronomicon, and you're like, that book's got a mouth. I'm going to make out with it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a mouth, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just taking the book in the bathroom. Don't come after me. They don't mention. <laughs> they don't mention that he's a hardware guy in this movie because it doesn't really make sense that he has all those skills unless you know that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did Scott also work in the hardware store? That well, that, that, le- that lends cre- that lends credence to the theory that this is a prequel that was made after the other two movies that established yeah. that he works. That he has oh, these skills. I'm sure he had the whole trilogy planned out when he started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like george lucas <laughs> well it originally called um the triumph of the wills part four the evil dead so <laughs> it had well, different villains at that time i guess the ash saga. <laughs> when i was watching it recently at the end and it's like shotgun chainsaw slaying the dead i was like oh this is doom mm-hmm and yeah, sure, sure enough, like Carmack has straight up said, like, yeah, it's based on the Evil Dead. <laughs> there was an interview with the guys making the new Dooms, and they like, spoke to the original creators, and they were like, uh, if you ever start taking yourself too seriously, go back and watch the Evil Dead, and that should be the tone of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's been so mm-hmm. long since I've played some Doom. Uh, was Doom before or after Army of Darkness? So it definitely has more of the army of darkness strain in the end. Right around I think that it was time, slight, I think. Yeah, I think it was slightly after. Was Army of Darkness 91 or 92? 92 was Army of Darkness. And Doom was 93, I think. All right, so I guess um, mm. Wolfenstein would have been like almost exactly the same time as Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. So that, that times out about right because if you take that idea and watch the original Evil Dead, it doesn't make any sense. I guess because he, he didn't chainsaw his arm and all that sort of stuff. But <laughs> right, but that that is just like if you want to have gory violence, there's no better pair of weapons than shotgun and chainsaw. It's true. Yeah, we get those rail guns in some games; those are fun. But Ho- Hollywood also- just loves shotguns because you've got the. Before you shoot every time, and you got the and they love boom. that sound effect. Yeah. yeah. Plus, they're just awesome. I mean, that's just a fact. The shotgun is rad. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm not pro guns, but I I get it. I get yeah. why it's cool to have one. That's uh, why I'm it not, should be illegal. <laughs> I'm not pro guns. I'm pro guns in like video games and movies and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to shoot people with? Shotguns will bruise you. I went. I went skate shooting once, and by the end of the day, you got a giant black and blue bruise on your yeah, upper shoulder. To Bruce, I, Bruce I quick- Willis, and I was like, "Ow, uh, my shoulder hurts." I quickly figured out that you meant they'll bruise you if you're the one firing. But for a second, I was like, yeah. "Oh wow, the American education system has let you down, Matt. They will do more than bruise you." Yeah, you you want you empty, you unload a shotgun into someone, and they're just like, "Ow, that's going to sting tomorrow." Dead arm, dead arm. No, I'm just saying when you shoot the shotgun, the shotgun also shoots you, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm... Yeah, you yeah. don't know that. That's what Nietzsche was talking about. 
Yes, yes. He was a shotgun that's why, enthusiast. That's why when you fire a shotgun, you should do a big toothy smile and press the butt against your teeth before you fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's why so many people look like that down south. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we got the story where we um, called an old friend of ours um, uh, several years after he'd hung out with him and he'd moved like, out of Atlanta because Atlanta's pretty urban. We we're just like, what? hey, you want to come to our show? And he's like, I'm busy doing what? I'm I'm busy rednecking. What, what does that mean? <laughs> so now we know that that's shooting a shotgun against your teeth. <laughs> yeah. And cow tipping. Do, do y'all cow tip in the UK? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, assumed, I assumed it constantly. was a UK thing. Oh okay. Constantly, constantly cow tipping. I mean, you know. Okay. Every time we see a cow, it's against the law not to tip it. <laughs> Okay, so maybe it's more hardcore in the UK then. So that's why the cheese is so good in the UK because the cows have it's been mixed up inside the cow by all the tipping. Yeah, the cows have all been drop kicked. That was when I was growing up. That was that was the family car game. If if there were cows on your side of the uh, car, you those were your points. But if you passed a graveyard on your side, you lost all the points. <laughs> oh man, that's a real risk reward game. <laughs> I know. So sometimes you have to take an alternate route to win, right? If you went past like an abattoir, like a slaughterhouse, does that count as like a cow graveyard? I don't think we ever passed the slaughterhouse, to be perfectly honest. I don't uh, think well, they're usually like well advertised, are they? Yeah, yeah they're like they're neon, big neon concrete sign. blocks. <laughs> There's a neon sign with like a flashing neon cow, and between each flashlight, its eyes turn to X's, like <laughs> like a Simpsons sign gag. Neon guillotine coming down or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little neon gun next to its head. Little bullet comes out and goes along and excise. There you go. Little steak restaurant at the front of the place. Jimmy yeah. Slaughterhouse, you rear him, we spare him. Nice. I, I, I went quiet for a second there because I was trying to think of a good rhyme. And you did. <laughs> you thought of a good one. <laughs> what was the actual like time to, to come up with it? Uh, 10 15 seconds. Oh, wow, that is a while for you. Okay, <laughs> six. Oh, that's about to say 6 a.m. It's not 7 a.m. now. It's 7 a.m. You should be like, like six times seven more times awake. Do that math six times seven, 40 <laughs> times more awake. I'm not, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, zero times 10. Well, you know, 10 times 0 is 0, but 0 times 10 is 10, because there's 10 I or wasn't, something. I wasn't told there'd be maths. <laughs> Come on if I had to solve any sums. Don't worry, I hate maths. Despite yeah. my mum being a math teacher. <laughs> or perhaps because. <laughs> yeah, what a... I, 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 think, I, I think we stopped talking about the Evil Dead like 15 minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's math too, yeah. The math is the real Evil Dead, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's an evil dead uh, means of communication. <laughs> um, let's say I got my car. Yeah, I I just wanted to talk about the headlights. Was I already got that in? So yeah, you mentioned it. Backwards of Tennessee. I think the reason they had to film this sporadically over years is because he blew most of the budget on smoke machines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks great. So. They did. It was just one smoke machine that you had to constantly refill with more smoke. So you had to go to the smoke store, you had to buy some bags of smoke, but then you had to bring the bags of smoke back and someone kept opening the bags of smoke and the smoke kept going out of the window. And they'd be like, Ted, for fuck's sake, 
we need yeah. this smoke. Now we've got to go back to the smoke store. So they go back to the smoke store and they'd be like, look, I haven't got any money, but we really need this smoke. So they get the smoke in exchange for like uh, some favors. I don't even ask. And, and I bet they made Bruce and... Campbell do all the favors. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. He's scarred. He's very scarred. And then mm-hmm. they get back there and they find out they bought the wrong kind of smoke for the brand of smoke machine that they got. So they have to get rid of the smoke and get back in the car and go back to the smoke store. Um, they're getting <laughs> they stopped by the police because they think they're hotboxing. Unless someone stops me, I will do this for hours. <laughs> no, I was just going to say they should have filmed this on the Lost Island and they'd have all the smoke they needed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Talking of TV there's a, smoke, shows there's a really good smoke ending. store on the, on the Lost Island, isn't there? be some wizards at the end it was, it was all wizards that'd be cool that's what yeah. that's what the evil dead needed it needed a wizard well it got a wizard well, technically, we technically ash becomes a wizard when he reads out the day the earth to still um words from the book that's you know. the second one isn't he doesn't read it it's just a tape recorder oh he doesn't read them it's oh yeah it's professor he's the wizard yeah, so he's not a wizard in this one. That's why we don't no, get the Ash we deserve until the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Just the Ash. Where Ash goes, well, listening to this Awakened Evil Dead, but I guess that repeating it again couldn't hurt. I was trying to watch this from the perspective of it being a little more of a um, game. I, this is definitely more of a game changer horror film than the second one. Like hmm. 70s horror. I mean, this this is this is the dawn of 80s horror, more or less, because we just did Donna Dead, which is straight up 70s horror, you know? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this clearly shifts to 80s horror. Well, dawn of the Dead was 79, right? Eight, but yeah, close enough. There's like two, two, three years between those two films. Well, and if, if this was filmed over multiple years, then it was starting to film as Dawn of the Dead came out. But they feel decades apart. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. And um, yeah. like this is this brings us into the era of like the freaky, you know, 80s VHS or horror, right? Right. Mm. Although I'm just quickly. I bet how much older is George Romero than Sam Raimi is the thing. I imagine there's a pretty big age difference there. Yeah, he's 20 years older than him. So that's why they feel so different, despite being only a few years apart. Those generations just can't get together, you know, can't get along. (laughs) Uh, This is is a grown-ass man making a film about adults surviving an apocalypse. Whereas, yeah, Evil Dead is kids having a laugh. George sitting back and going, you ever noticed how, uh, you know, consumers are a bit like zombies, you know, metaphorically, if you think about it. Then he turns to the camera and he goes, yeah, that's right. You think about that in my little movie. It's not just a dumb horror movie now, is it? It's a a critique. This movie's (laughs) officially become a critique. Yeah. What's what's your movie a critique of? It's a critique of you being shit at making films, Sam. That's what it is. It's about how going... (laughs) To the backwoods will make you a demonic zombie thing. Yeah. It's a critique of how buying a cheap car is a false economy. Yes. <laughs> you said there is a movie called Don't Go in the Woods, which I think is a much more effective, like, you don't even need to see the movie, you just need to read the title and you're like, oh, I got it. I, I like the woods. 
<laughs> I mean, sure, but don't go in them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to appreciate camp. appreciate them from afar. I like hiking, I don't like camping. Drive past yeah. them, going, oh, nice woods. Oh no, a cemetery. I've lost all my points. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The the deep forest cemetery. That's some creepy stuff. Oh I boy, d- I did come across moonshine still sometimes. That was kind of exciting. Nice. <laughs> The closest I got was I did have the classic growing up in the UK thing of finding porno in the trees. <laughs> that's that's an everywhere thing too. Woods okay, porn, good. yeah, yeah. That's that. Come on, we got lots of we got lots of woods in America for that, right? So I, I assume that's is, a dead art now that everyone just has the internet. Uh, you know, you can access the Wi-Fi in the woods some, sometimes and just log into <laughs> Red Shoe or something. Come on, Japan's got all that those OG san, you know, that are probably. Yeah, there's there's still big DVD emporiums for porn here. So. Oh, the most fun. Um, it's not far from here actually, but it's a, it's a mountain road, so it's not close to anything. There's just like a little porno rental shack. It's like literally a shack where you, you go rent porn. <laughs> Ideal. Yeah. So I wonder if that's. I'm never, I'm never sure how that how that scenario would go down. I mean, for, for porno needs, I just there's just there's always there's just the internet, you know. So I never really think about that. Well, just go in and just be like, "Hello, um, I'd like to rent this pornography place, like uh, very well. Will you be masturbating to this pornography? I will. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that is my plan. I plan to physically manipulate my genitals until I reach orgasm." <laughs> but this Use is a, a this is a self serve, uh, you know, uh, a deep backwoods porno shack. You know, uh, that, that's uh, for cowards. Yeah, you got to look you the be, person yeah. behind the yeah, counter the, in the eye. It's the guy like, like you, you the don't, weirdest you don't actually, stuff. You don't need to speak to me. Like everything is really clearly labeled. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I know, but like, fuck off. Like you know, what do you just want to sit on your phone all day? It's ridiculous. I, Talk to a I, human being. That's why you run they, this place. <laughs> I think they get a little weird in the uh, Japanese countryside. Sometimes um, there's a little general store near my my wife's family house and. I think it was two years and I went in and noticed that all of their alcohol was like high percentage. So just, you know, a bunch of like old farmers just getting completely shit faced. <laughs> like there's no regular uh-huh. beer. It's all like, you know, the, the high percentage beer. So every yeah, day live, live on a little farm in the mountains in the middle of nowhere. You don't drink 3% beers, right? <laughs> you drink every day. Japan sounding better and better. I never, I want to go. I want to go to a little shack and rent some porn, and then I want to drink high percentage beers and get absolutely wankers, well, the, and the, then go to a little shack in the woods and get killed. The, the surprising <laughs> thing is, every like convenience store, every Seven Eleven, has got just right at the front, fully on display, all the like porno mags, just not hidden, right there. You see old dudes just leafing through them. It's like, ah, oh, mm, breasts. I see. Yeah, interesting. Well, there's, oh, a, there's a sign that says no one under twenty should be thumbing <laughs> through these magazines. Yeah, it says no one under twenty should be reading these. And then there's like a massive winking emoji, like, eh? but you know you're gonna. <laughs> In Japan, but, you know, know. all the best stuff is blurred anyway. So because we yeah, still they're, they're not so common now. But when I first came to Japan, they were just like um like like beer vending machines everywhere. You still see a few of them. You see what? a few, yeah, but. When I buy alcohol at the convenience store, they don't ID me or anything. It's just a button comes up and I press, yes, I am 20. So, <laughs> I assume if a little kid did it, they wouldn't let them, but I don't know. Well, the classic cliche, possibly slightly racist stereotype 
out of the UK is that you can buy panties in vending machines. I haven't in Japan. I haven't seen like the here is used schoolgirl panties vending yeah. machines. But I have seen just like get a surprise sex good vending machines. A surprise sex good. So it's it's like you know like a gachapon thing, but they're black yes. balls. You can't see what's inside. Yeah, and it's just like it's sexy. So me and so my what... ex did one, and I got like yeah. a pair of black lace panties. Nice. And she got a little statue of the Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing sexier than enlightenment, I suppose. Is it a sexy Buddha? Yeah, did he at least I mean, have his cock out? He's always pretty sexy, but not nothing special on this one. <laughs> well, we do have the Tanuki, the raccoon statues that have their cocks out. Uh, the big old testicles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we, they we, just need some TLC, those Tanukis, man. One of our temple recording um, sites, there's a house nearby where they've just put like this ridiculous like fertility statue outside of their front door. <laughs> and this brings yeah. us back to the Evil Dead because of that sequence where Ash gets his nutsack out and it's comically massive. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I believe that Bruce Campbell is very much packing. Oh, God. I mean... Like, has anyone ever given off more big dick energy than Bruce Campbell? No, to be Processing honest. your question. It's... <laughs> I think that's a good question. I feel like there might be a really good like one to put over. What about the what about the guy who plays Machete? Danny Trejo. Oh yeah. 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 Because he's yeah. also he's like like Bruce Campbell is a bit too chiseled and like trying to look handsome, whereas Danny Trejo is kind of looks a bit slobby. Do you guys like, want to start a new knows, podcast right? where we just speculate about dick sizes? <laughs> yes. Actors? Yeah. Okay. You see, there's a <laughs> shot from 1984 where on the red carpet they just happen to get a certain angle, and you can you can tell he's stuffing in this in this shot. You know. Well, Terminator One, you can straight up see Arnie's dick. So. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But that means we you wouldn't know, really have to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger episode. So no, I'm not in. We did a, t- I did a qu- on the Kenneth Stu show. We did a c- Christmas quiz where Ken put a quiz together for me, which was all n- random nude scenes from movies, and I had to try and a name the person in them and b what movie. And I managed to identify Michael Fassbender's penis, despite having never seen the Target movie or his penis before. I just <laughs> circumstantially, I was circumstantially able to piece together the evidence based on the single frame that I this... was looking at the movie Shame, and I was really proud of myself. I considered myself to be some kind of, like, dick wizard. This <laughs> might be explaining a bit too much, but my mother loved to bring up that she saw a film where Ewan McGregor got his cock out and it was really big. <laughs> yeah, that's like every Ewan McGregor film. He gets out in Star Wars, for God's sake. But that's a lightsaber, Stu. Mm. No, it's definitely... It even makes the sound <laughs> when it comes out. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> If, if you had played Obi-Wan Kenobi and you were bedding a woman, you would make that sound, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like, okay, should I start and then, should I start slowly and then use the force? Or do you want to just use the, sorry, that's gross. I apologize. Yeah, it, it's always a bit weird when you start using the word force in that context. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I'll tell you what. I promise not to use the force. There you go. <laughs> the, four, the, be- the force stays out of the bedroom. <laughs> Christ. It'll be the, that's the name Christ of the next Star Wars the movie. It's like, look, at least I'm not a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Did either of you watch the remake, which I want to say is recent, but I think is actually like 10 years ago now? It is yes. like so old, annoyingly so. It makes me feel old. Right. Um, it's, it. it's, um, it's shockingly decent. It's nothing oh, okay. like, it's not like the original. It's a lot more horrifying and more violent than the original, almost not in the same way. Uh, and it has a more traditional final girl, not so much the Ash character, although I believe she is also named Ash. I might be wrong. Okay. Uh, the, the most interesting thing about that film is I saw it in the cinema at the time, and it's, it's, it is very violent, but it was also quite noticeably sort of neutered. And then uh, there was supposed to be an unrated version of it, and it never came out. And then one day they aired the movie on Channel 4 in the UK, and it was inexplicably this way more violent, more extreme, unrated version that had never aired before anywhere else ever before or since. And to this huh. day, I think that's the only place that's ever shown up. And God knows how that happened. The well, studio the just sent them the. If yeah. The TV channel is where you see the most violent version now. I just remember because I had it, I was watching it in the background and I was like, I don't remember this scene being this fucking nasty. And then it sort of dawned on me like, oh, this is an extended cut. This is this is crazy. It's not a bad movie for a for a modern horror. And again, the snob, the snob shades are coming on now. I think modern horror is basically a waste of fucking time. But that's a pretty that was all right. I thought. I mean, you know, there's occasionally some good stuff. But I've been off the horror train for years. I mean, it's always like my friends were really into horror, right? Yeah. So Let I'd me rephrase that. Modern Hollywood horror is a bit of a waste of yeah, my time. Yeah, you're you're thinking there like. Is, the Annabelle and Insidious and all of that utter shit. There is right? decent stuff coming out of other like there's A twenty four. I've done some good stuff, obviously, like, but yeah, yeah, not 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 Hollywood shit. That's not for me. Yeah, the only horror I've been into in terms of it genuinely being scary is like J horror stuff. Mm. But other than that, I just go for the wacky and the gory because yeah, I know two, it's not, two, not going to scare two, me either way. I think two movies have ever scared me ever, and one of them was The Shining when I was a kid. Um, to be fair, that movie's a masterpiece, I think. But I, that movie is phenomenal as a thriller. I've just I've mm. never seen it young enough to be like scared, scared. Uh, the movie that I still don't want to watch because it freaks me out too much, so I'm gonna have to make time sometime is fucking Inland Empire, and that's not even really a horror film. It's it just the rabbits, the rabbits. No, it's you? it's the um, the entire atmosphere is horrible. The scene where uh, the, the, the main character walks towards the camera in this kind of fuzzy, low-grade light and then at the last second does a big David Lynch smile at the camera and a massive scare court plays is terrifying. The horrible distorted face at the end is terrifying, even though it's a really bad effect. It still scares me. I don't like it. <laughs> See, I'm saying the thing I didn't like in that movie was just it was one of the first like totally shot on digital things and it looks like it. I'm like, mm -hmm, I, wish, mm -hmm. I wish he had shot this on film. I know now yeah. it might be better because you're just like, whatever, you know, he shot yeah. on digital. <laughs> uh, was, then, here's the only guy who makes scary or used to make scary stuff. I mean, some of some of the new Twin Peaks series was fucking nightmarish as well. Yeah, I, I but, still uh, think one of the scariest scenes is um, the the dude telling the story behind the diner in Mulholland Drive. Mm, it's just yeah, like weirdly yes. terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More terrifying than than the Evil Dead, I suppose. I mean, he's, you know, he's really he's really good at making like the most obvious possible things still scare the shell of you and make you jump. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a genius, and you know who's better than Sam Raimi. So there we go. That's what we've all the conclusion we've drawn today. <laughs> I would love to watch David Lynch's Spider-Man, to be fair. Oh, that would be something. <laughs>
Um, so I, now that we've been talking about Cox and stuff, does that does that mean we're finished with the Evil Dead then? Like I said, <laughs> we finished with the Evil Dead like forty five minutes ago. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry for picking the Evil Dead. Guys. That's fine. I mean, this is exactly how I'd want a, a podcast with you to end up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you imagine, like imagine if we spent it. like the full hour just really in depth going into a sci-fi film in like dry detail. I mean, yeah. that would be. I mean, that would that's that would never carry a podcast. We had to talk about the bags of smoke, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's some good behind the scenes stuff that maybe people <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> Look, if you ever want me to come back and talk about dicks more, some more, you know where to find me. Okay. Well, listeners, please uh, get in touch at MLSFSPod on Twitter and guess the sizes of our dicks. Here's a clue. Mine's really small. <laughs> I, I can't make any jokes because me and Matt regularly go to Japanese onsets, so we've seen each other's dicks. Oh, dear. <laughs> between, between podcast recordings. <laughs> it's like, so, well, yeah. I know you've got them out right now. It's, I know, that's why it's... That's why but yeah, we could be here. Donald Duckin. But... <laughs> 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 You are another another great reason to live in Japan. You always feel very confident about the size of your dick. <laughs> we don't, oh, we don't, you don't go staring. That is my thought, though, in one of the hot springs, just to like have a like stone cold stare at somebody. Like <laughs> the problem for me is like I would hate to go to one of those things in general. But if I went anywhere, and okay, I'm I'm not doing this like a common. I just want to make this clear right now. I'm not doing like a funny kind of ooh, no homo kind of thing because for fuck's sake, it's 2021. If I went somewhere where anyone's dick was on view, I would look at the dick. Like I, I, my eyes are gonna go <laughs> snap to that shit because like, what is the one thing you don't expect to see when you're out and about is is a dick, right? <laughs> if I go anywhere where there's a penis, I'm watching a movie and the penis appears on the screen. I'm just like, there might as well just be black around it. Just like I'm looking right. I'm like, that's what I'm here to see. That's the interesting <laughs> thing in the frame here. I have to know. I have to see this. That's and that's the reason I can't go to the Japanese onsen because I would probably get thrown out. The way I uh, I always thought it'd be fun to get thrown out is you're you're just there and you just. Let her rip. You just take a crap, stand up, oh, and say, dear. you know, soon send excuse me to the old folks who just walk away. <laughs> I have been evacuated from a swimming pool because someone did a poop before. Oh dear. <laughs> I just like fishing it out with a big net on a stick. Oh dear. Is this a podcast where I was talking about the Apollo missions? And that basically uh, by the time they were getting back to Earth, the thing was uh, like a, fl- a floating latrine. <laughs> oh that's so gross because they, they just had bags basically and you know just yeah it, it, yeah the, the like did a... you hey did you remember to tie a knot in the shit bag oh bollocks <laughs> oh, oh, in apollo 10 there <laughs> you know you circle the moon right and then uh, the commander's like uh houston we we've got a floater like there was actually <laughs> like a turd floating in the, the apollo 10 capsule Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, when when you if you ever want to glamorize, you know, being the first to the moon, just remember floating turds also happened. Why didn't they just Why didn't they just go before they before they took off? <laughs> I hope next time Jeff Bezos goes into space, there's a floating turd and it goes down his throat and he chokes on it and dies. Well, when Jeff Bezos goes to space, he is a floating turd. Well, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, that's too meta, Luke. I also hope that a big poo suffocates him. Just wanted to put that out there. I hope the great and mighty poo from Conkers suffocates Jeff Bezos. 
any i don't trust people who don't find that funny like that's <laughs> that's to me that is like the absolute pinnacle of comedy god they should have put that in evil dead they're just a big shit that <laughs> sings to you <laughs> stop motion one yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, I guess I already mentioned on Twitter. I don't need to do that again. That's true. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, can I plug all my shit? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, okay. You can find me on Twitter at Stupacabra, but my tweets are quite bad, so I, I don't actually recommend it. I post a lot of my hot takes on there. Uh, here are the things that I do. I do a podcast called Arsalvania, although we haven't done one for a while. We are thinking of doing another one this week. Please do. I really like it. Yeah. The premise <laughs> is me and Andy Hamilton... Uh, come up with a bad take like a deliberately bad take and then about a video game or video game based culture thing and then we tweet it and we laugh at all the people who think we're being serious basically um i also do the dill cast with gobbler tula and grizz which is reviewing every single dillbook comic strip from the beginning in order one strip per week we're never going to finish it the main excuse is just to dick around because dillbook fucking sucks um <laughs> i also you, do did you have the on, classic dillbook experience of you thought it was funny when you were a kid, oh, when yes, you had absolutely. no frame of reference for office life. Well, and when you became, thing. when you become the target audience, you realize mm. it's not good. Well, here, here's the thing for me with Dilbert is I, and I mean this like, don't judge me. I, I don't hate Dilbert. I, 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 the, the early, it is quite bad, but I find it quite charming in a way. Mm. But then it, then Scott Adams turned into a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And his comics all started with the whole kind of anti-woke kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> this was always there, wasn't it? This was always in the background. And I never noticed it because I was little. So, no, I do still like the, the, the old cartoons for mostly nostalgic reasons. But, yeah, no, it sucks. But the podcast is fun. Um, I also do Animania Chat with Luke Fletcher, which is reviewing every single episode of Animaniacs. The twist there, once again, is I absolutely hate the Animaniacs and Luke loves them. So we have a nice little sort of dichotomy going there. And if you're asking me now, Stu, why don't you make a podcast about something you actually enjoy? No. I refuse. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's also the Ken and Stu show, which is me and my friend Ken talking about films for like five hours. It's way too much time, way too long. We end up hating each other by the end of every episode. Um, oh, yeah, and I recently started presenting Retronauts episodes. Uh, I love how that's easily the, the, the biggest one that I do, and it's like an afterthought. I'm like, oh, yeah, and Retronauts. <laughs> uh, so that's retro gaming. Uh, me, Jeremy Parrish, Bob Mackey, all those classic retro lads. lads. Um, so yeah, get that in. Um, and I also do a comic called Merry Hell. You can read that at merryhellcomic.com. Sorry for plugging the comic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're allowed to do at the end of casting. Yeah, you, you could you be want. podcasting that comic. Yeah. How long mm. does it take to talk about one Dilbert strip? By the way, is this like? A we, 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 I I have set a hard limit of forty five minutes or so per episode. We try not to exceed an hour. We've exceeded an hour once, and that was because it was a special episode for some reason. Is that one about like drugs or something? I think we started doing this thing. Me Grizz started doing this thing where we would play basically Dungeons and Dragons, but it was themed around Dilbert, so it was keyboards and cubicles. And the first time we did that, I think it ran long, so we were just having a really fun time doing it. <laughs> It's an incredibly stupid feature. We really don't talk about Dilbert that much. We kind of get it out of the way pretty quickly, and then we just do whatever we want. So it's just an excuse to hang out with some pals. But I promise you it is good and funny. I recommend it. Well, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, then you want to keep help keep it online, go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius, where you can throw us a dollar a month to hear episodes as soon as we're done editing them. 
And you can listen to other podcasts like Matt's podcast about uh, educational films and weird documentaries or soon Matt's podcast about the Twilight Zone instead. Or you can hear my podcast about Pokemon or Monster Hunter. Uh, well, you know, just give us money anyway for this one because I want your money. Give him some money, you cheap fucking... Matt pays for a pro money. So, you know, you want us to keep pockets. getting cool guests. Give us your fucking gosh! Yeah, if I'm you a... don't, they're going to have to keep getting people like me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to have the pros in. I'm not, I'm not coming to your place at six in the morning. That's insane. <laughs> We're like that. Um, when I was in London one time, there was a guy playing bagpipes on a bridge. And his sign said, like, if you give me a tenner, I'll move. <laughs> <laughs> give us a tenner a month on Patreon and Stuart will leave. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did he play the bagpipes well? Can you play the bagpipes well? Of course no I can play the bagpipes. Play the I'm bagpipes British. Well. What about as a euphemism? <laughs> oh, you mean wanking? Oh, yeah, like a pro. <laughs> I'm a pro wanker. I am a pro wanker, yeah. Uh, is a pro wanker someone who can just start wank finish really quickly? Or is it someone I mean, who like luxuriates yeah. and enjoys it? No, I, it is the former, and I'm trying. It's because you, it's the kind of thing you want to try and make into some kind of skill. Because in reality, it's actually a huge hindrance to any kind of romance. <laughs> I guess that would, a pro anchor would be the the people on the porno sets that get the stars ready for the shot, right? Oh, well, oh the no, fluffers. they're fluffers. Yeah, yeah, the oh, fluffers. Okay. I, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, uh, how do we end this one? Do I just chase you through the forest while making weird noises, or what? And I'll go. What was that? The music from this movie. Sounds like Yeah, that's the music from Evil Dead, right? Yeah, what about credits? Oh, right, right, right. You're getting confused because Dawn of the Dead does a similar thing, so I can't remember which one's which now. Oh, I just got an image of an actual like vaudeville act uh, recreating the Evil Dead, which someone should do. <laughs> that would be really good. Those wacky dead. Bye. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy What Dreams May Come